Hello there and welcome to the Ace Space. We are in the thick of a mad summer of competition. The Olympic Games have just come and gone in the blink of an eye and we are moving on to the European Championships Euro Beach Volley from Vienna this week coming and it's so exciting we have the european championship or euro volley on the horizon as well so so much competition coming our way my name is louis lett and i am joined by matt rogers from the cv matt how are you good thanks louis yeah good done slightly less traveling than you in the last few weeks so yeah uh, feeling very fresh yeah I'm, I'm waiting for my brain to catch up with my feet it's the easiest <laughs> way to um but i think i think that's the story of my life anyway uh, it was an amazing few weeks so you guys have covered the olympics in more detail than ever the cev some fantastic content and you must have had some fun doing it yeah we have we've had a great time uh, we we launched a whole new action called taking the stage the whole idea was you know, european teams taking the global stage uh, representing obviously first their country but also uh, europe as a continent um, we're always incredibly proud of how dominant and how strong european performances are so yeah i thought we'd give it a little bit of extra attention compared to what we've done in previous years I mean, France winning uh, the Olympic Games, phenomenal for European volleyball. Uh, did we see it coming? I, I don't know. Um, they, they've been brilliant throughout the last, well, the Tilly era, so to speak, winning European championships and winning world leagues. Um, but now they, they, they got their name on the big one. Yeah, they have. I, I was actually um, assigned to France at Eurovolley 2019. So I, I experienced them through that whole tournament. And I, and I said to a lot of people, you know, if they play their highest level, they'll win Eurovolley 2019. And obviously the record books, show, record books show that they didn't. They didn't manage to kind of keep that top level. But at the Olympics, it just seemed like the more the pressure came, the better they played. There, there was no fear, no no holding back. It was like, we're here. This is our chance. Let's take it. So, yeah, really, really pleased, especially you know as they're my neighbours uh, across the channel. Yeah, um, they, they certainly are. That, that could be the closest that the UK ever come to winning the olympic gold yeah yeah exactly <laughs> and we've got such a close relationship with france you know it's, it's great to yeah everyone in britain i'm sure was behind them. Uh, absolutely um i covered them early on against the usa and the usa played so well beat them three nil uh, i was pretty concerned because it was quite a close pool um brazil were in there uh, argentina were in there who had a great olympics as well and it, and it looked like they might struggle to get out but they managed to get out of the pool and then ever since then they just seemed to seem to fly um, so congratulations, France, and congratulations on, on behalf of Europe. That's a phenomenal achievement. Um, also on the beach, we had some uh, really big uh, successes as well. Norway um, adding to their, I, I guess, the legacy uh, that they're leaving in beach volleyball now um, in becoming the youngest ever um, gold medalists for the Olympic Games. When was the last time they lost, Louis? I mean... Oh, they, they lost at the Olympics. No, uh, not they, a match, not a match. But <laughs> when was the last time they went to a competition which they really wanted to win and they didn't win it? Well, they've had a bit of a rough ride as of late. So 2019, they won pretty much everything apart from the World Championships um, and the World Tour Finals, which were won by Russia. So the argument was is that the, the Vikings won every single week. They won the uh, Euro Beach Volley. But then the argument was that Russia won the the two big ones or the russian olympic committee <laughs> however correct. How you, correct. correct yeah russian uh, athletes wearing I, yeah from russia but representing the russian olympic committee you've got it yeah i, I can go back to saying russia now right? <laughs> um, i think so i think we're clear of the olympic deadline so it's fine yeah russia excellent um and then we hit this this new year uh post post covid they, they were fantastic in cancun won two in a row decided not to play the last one um, just due to, I think, towards the Olympic Games, just making sure that everything was was well managed. Um, and then after that rest, um, they struggled through Sochi, Ostrava, um, and I think ninths and seventeenths um, at some stages. Losses to a few of the teams, Poland. Um, they lost to Latvia. Uh, so they, they sort of, rightfully so, would have gone into the Olympics feeling um, a little bit underconfident in some ways. I, I would imagine. Or, Maybe not underconfident. That's that's not be the ambush. Maybe just a little bit vulnerable, having not been on that super super form. Um, so I think for them to come through um, that little loss of form to win the Olympic Games is is some bounce back for the Vikings, and it shows that they're they're still well the the the, the team to beat by by some distance. I also, I mean, uh, you follow them far closer than I do. Whenever I seem to watch them and and follow them, they win. It, it's it kind of just expected these days. Um, but maybe that loss at the start of the games helped just refocus them, you know, and, and it, the, when the pool stage starts, there's so many matches, particularly more in volleyball than in beach. 
And the only real aim is to get out of the pool, you know, and, and to lose a game quite early as they did, that may have just helped them focus because every game from them just became, yeah, we've got to win, got to win. Yeah. And they were uncomfortable against Australia. They, they won in the final set and it was very close. Um, Australia served really well and, and they, they ran the ball around nicely. Um, then they lost to uh, the RAC, Russia, Leshikov and Semenov. And I think that was a very ten tentative um, performance. Koromo actually said it was um, tentative. And, and then when they started winning, you could see that they started to relax. And they had a really good win against Blauer Musen uh, in the round of 16, where Anders uh, started to find his rhythm in the block and side out. And then from there, they were, they were very, very tough to beat once they started to relax into the Olympics. Also, I mean, I, I think we have to um, mention that it's their first ever Olympic Games as well. Yeah. And, and that's Bruno did it in 2016, Kira Volkenhorst. So it's not like unheard of, but to win your first ever Olympics is 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 a pretty special achievement. Yeah, no, the the stats are incredible. I, I can't remember the numbers. Um, I think we've talked about it on the podcast in the past. But to win your first Olympics, you're, you're talking, you know, of all Olympic medalists, very very few are in their first games because the whole feeling is different, the preparation is different, the hype is different, the attention is different. You know, and maybe, I mean, this Tokyo event was even more different, but maybe that was a little bit helpful because, you know, it was just what they're used to. It was an empty arena, you know, playing teams they know with referees that they know, you know, the fact that it, the world is watching maybe more than just the volleyball world or the beach volleyball world, maybe that helped them to a certain extent. Um, yeah. But yeah, really, really impressive. Um, I, I actually did a few things with Modern Sorum. Um, it was a World Tour one-star event, Louis, you'll like this, back in 2018 or 2017. And we were just doing a few um, new media things. And I was looking for a team that around their matches would be willing to give a few of our, you know, like social media games a go. So, you know, the things where players hold up cards and say, you know, me and him, you know, where they do challenges against each other. And I just by chance, you know, spoke to them and said, hey, have you got a spare hour? We've just got a few ideas we want to try out. So if you check back on the CV YouTube channel, there are videos of those two doing all sorts of things around Ljubljana <laughs> before they became kind of, you know, mainstream and popular. I can remember they interviewed each other. Um, they took on each other at some challenges. They went zorbing. Yeah, we had, we had a great, great time. And yeah, I didn't know then. I mean, I knew that they were promising athletes. I didn't know then they would go on to be Olympic champions. But yeah, now some of that content is gold dust. Yeah, you, you have to already start talking about them as being one of the best teams of all time at 24 and 25. Like that's yep. crazy. And you're right, they're, 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 they're lovely guys. Um, you also can't take away with, with, with Stockholm Men's Beach here what Oleg Stoyanovsky and Vyacheslav Krasilnikov are doing for Russia. That was Russia's first ever Olympic medal, that, that silver. Wow. Um, and you'd never, you'd never think it looking no. at the, su the success no. of uh, indoor volleyball, especially. Um, but I, I guess you can, you can become, um, you can focus on the Vikings a little bit too much. But the fact that they've done that for European beach volleyball and for Russia, uh, when Krasilnikov and um, Semenov came fourth in 2016, um, is also a, a first. So not only have we got the youngest ever Olympic champions, Russia have won their first ever medal, Norway have won their first ever medal, um, and we've also had Latvia take two fourth places and Switzerland in the women's side of things. Um, Switzerland took their first ever women's medal yeah. through uh, the European champions from last year, from, from Jermila. Um, and that's a fantastic achievement for Switzerland for Anouk Versha Dupree and Joanna Heydrich. Yes, Phenomenal. yeah, it is. Um, so we, in our coverage, we had we had people assigned to each competition, and you know, and the the news stories that were coming out of the different competitions, all four of them, obviously beach and, and volleyball, men and women, were incredible. And I I loved watching the women's beach and, and seeing the struggles and and yeah, the to end up with a bronze medal, you know, great great effort and really pleased, um, really pleased for the Swiss. Yeah, Latvia. Also, former European champions, uh, Tina Glaudinia, uh, Anastasia Klavchenica taking a fourth, and uh, Martin Klavinsch, um, Edgar Stoch, also taking a fourth place and, and coming so close, also representing Europe very well. But I mean, if you look at the domination in, in European volleyball, I think six of the last eight in the, in the men's event were Europeans, including Nikolai Lupo. Like it sport that used to be dominated by the USA and Brazil, especially on the men's side, now becoming dominated by Europe. Yeah, that was a big headline for us, wasn't it? Six out of the 12 medals European for being one of five continents. You know, that's an incredible achievement. Um, and to be honest, a lot of us were hoping for that, expecting that maybe to, to have around 50% of the medals. 
Um, and if you look across, the, look across the split, it was obviously three for beach, three for indoor. If you look across the genders, men was for slightly dominant this time, but you know, next time around, it could just as easily have been the other way with four women's medals and two two men's medals. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Larry Ludwig and Maggie Kojic knocked out Brazil. Um, and then they took April Ross and Alex Kleinman, 21-19, 21-19. Yeah. And that was really close. They, they, they played unbelievably well. Um, and they were unfortunate not, not to go a bit further. But, I mean, April Ross was on great form through the Olympics. Um, that's, that's for sure. And so was, so was Kleinman. Right. So, Louis, before we crack on and talk in a little bit more detail about some of the others, shall we just cut and give the listeners a bit of a, an insight into the press conferences? Because we've got some clips here, haven't we? We've got some clips of both press conferences. Um, so let's start with what should we go with first? Here's the men's press conference. With let's the, go. Let's go with them first. Let's go with the Norwegians. So here's some comments from the men's uh, press conference featuring the Norwegians and the Rock, as we called them, or Russia. <laughs> Welcome everybody to the media conference for the gold medal and silver medal match here at Beach Volleyball. How does it feel to have won a medal? here in Tokyo 2020. Okay, uh, no, it feels uh, unreal. Uh, we have been working so hard for this for so long and it's been uh, our dream uh, for so many years and becoming the youngest uh, Olympic champions is um, yeah, it's really a dream come true and uh, I don't think we really realize like what we have done uh, right now. Um, it's yeah, surreal. Yeah, it's uh, it's really really amazing. It's been our dream for so long. And uh, three years ago, I I took a screenshot of the Olympic uh, gold medal from Rio. I couldn't find uh, one from Tokyo, uh, so I took the Rio one and I put it on my phone. And I have watched that medal every day since. And to to stand here with the gold medal together with Anders and together with the team, that's uh, it's just amazing. And also to to be in the final with uh, have a medal together with Russia and. Uh, Qatar is also huge for us because we are good friends and we have worked hard and pushed each other and uh, and the players we are today is because of each other as well. So we're just really, really happy and I can't believe it. Well, I think we all came a long way and uh, everything in these two words, this Olympic medal, it means a lot for all of us. And uh, I never dreamed about the Olympic medal when I was younger when I was 10 or 12, but now we, if I look in the past, it's, it's still amazing and I uh, just say thank you to, to my partner, to our uh, opponents for today, Anders and Christian, they were great, they were a better team today and uh, they were do dominant these last two years or three and uh, we always try to reach them and uh, I think for me it's, that this was a uh, Dream final. Um, just to the Norwegian team, when you first came to the Olympics, did you ever imagine that you would be sitting here with a gold medal around your neck? Um, well, not after the first matches, because uh, yeah, the first matches was not pretty, uh, and we didn't feel good. Um, so um, it was, we were low on, uh, on confidence, um, and uh, but we, we knew that we had the level, and uh, we we had to like really. Uh, battle it through and try to go to war and uh, and we really did uh, we found a uh, found our level um, and um, yeah uh, it's still unbelievable now sitting here with the gold medal um, after everything we have been through this tournament but also leading up to the, the like the tournaments leading up to this uh, we didn't find our form uh, completely like we wanted but yeah uh, it just makes it even sweeter to to sit here and uh, actually have uh, uh, showed some really mental strength. And last question. Yeah, and just lastly, you're probably in the unique position, unlike other athletes, that you are able to celebrate with your family here probably quite immediately. How is that to have your family around you just now and probably what is a career highlight for you? Oh, it meant a lot. Uh, it was a really big moment of joy just uh, going to the screen and share together with them. Uh, they have uh, collected a huge amount of people in my hometown uh, and they're watching it from a big screen there and um, the, their support is really, really, really amazing and uh, uh, yeah, 
I think they're proud, really proud of us, uh, and uh, they they feel a part of our whole journey. And uh, it's going to be really good to come home and see them, and uh, yeah, just give them a big big hug. So good to hear from them. Um, I'm really interested to see how they, those guys get on uh, in the next couple of weeks and months as this, the season progresses. Um, but also on the women's side of things, uh, Switzerland, is, as we've mentioned, a phenomenal effort um, from Anouk Versha Dupree and Joanna Heydrich uh, to, to about that, take that third place, take their first ever bronze medal. It was really, um, I'd say that the Swiss Federation looked into the future um, five years ago. Um, Anouk Versha Dupree and Joanna Heydrich, both blockers, uh, they've decided to put Anouk Versha Dupree behind Heydrich and play as a defender. Uh, that's something that takes learning. It's something that's a complete change of skill and art that takes a transition. Um, but that transition really worked well uh, to, to secure Switzerland their first ever women's um, bronze medal in the Olympic Games. On the way through, they also had a humdinger um, of a battle against uh, Tanya Hubli and Nina Betschart, their fellow Swiss team. It was pretty difficult for uh, Flocky, Florian Cole and Christoph Dietmann, who's the head coach of Hubli Beshart. They didn't coach in that game or in the lead up to that game. Um, and I think it was in the third set, late 20s, uh, it ran way, way into overtime. So Switzerland could have had two teams in the final four, potentially. Um, and what was your highlight of the games then? I mean, I'm, I'm assuming, obviously, watching Modern Saw and win gold is great as a fan. But as a commentator, what was your highlight of the games? Um, I was on. I was flying during the men's final. Uh, I was already on the way home. Uh, so my highlight was the women's final. Um, yeah, watching uh, April Ross win her first goal. Um, for the purists, it, it was great, but also I have good good connections with the Australians. Kurt Pittman used to coach over here um, with the British guys, and uh, I was really happy to see him do well with Taliqua Clancy um, and Maria Fay Arpaccio del Sola. So, in theory, that was that was a bit of a highlight because we go back a little bit. So to always to always work on somebody that you have yeah strong strong friendship with it's it's nice to nice to see. Did you have to do one of those Murray Walker moments where you say, and they've won gold and so-and-so, yeah, but there's a lump in my throat. I've got to stop. <laughs> I was actually, I was actually the expert in the, uh, in, in the finals. So Mark Perkins called it and I, uh, I just filled in, filled in the gaps. Of, of, ah, you were the yeah. pundit, the colour commentator. As I was, they, they put two on each uh, game as, as you come towards the end. So yeah, it was a nice experience to, to let, yeah, to, to see, see Perko do that one. And it was, yeah, it was awesome. Great. Right. Well, we've got a few clips, haven't we, from the women's press conference. So, yeah. Louis, tee us up. We're going to hear from our bronze medalists, European bronze medalists, first ever bronze medalists from Switzerland. They've made history in the pleasure Dupree and Joanna Heydrich. Yeah, so incredible. I think, um, yeah, this uh, journey started years ago when we both watched the Olympics um, we saw other athletes perform in the Olympics and we knew that it's something that we want to achieve as well and yeah it's so much investment um, a big big team behind it I think uh, yeah I'm extremely proud and I, I really hope that some other kids see <laughs> this medal and uh, are inspired to play our sport too yeah, I think Anouk said all. I think it's, it's I don't really can imagine now that we, we won this medal. Um, I think when uh, when I was a kid, I saw Hoysher Koval, the guys that won the bronze medal, and I was, that was my dream, and now we made it, and we made it as a team, and we give a lot of energy the last years. We also, these three weeks here, was hard, but we pushed ourselves, our whole team, our family and friends, and yeah, it's amazing. It's it's crazy. Yeah. Um, so I think we are both uh, strong characters. I think uh, we both are um, very determined to uh, to achieve goals. I think uh, we have a friendship that is uh, a working friendship. We both have the same things in mind, uh, what we want in our sports, and that bonds us very much. I think, um, yeah, we, we got to know each other very well in those five years. Uh, you need to analyze yourself and, and get your own character, analyze your own character well in this sport to be able to perform and to be able to surpass your limits. 
and I think that's what we did together, and I'm really proud of that work because it's uh, not easy to look at yourself sometimes. And I think, um, yeah, this, this is something that made us really strong here. Uh, Joanna, you have a tattoo, Rio 2016. What's the next tattoo? Um, <laughs> as is, uh, it's nothing in planning. Tokyo 2020. No. <laughs> um, I, I made it because it was a dream to go to the Olympic Games and uh, I said to me, my first Olympic Games, that it's getting a tattoo, that's why it was Rio. Uh, yeah, now I have to think about it because now it's a medal here. Maybe it's getting something on it, but not like, I don't know yet, I don't know it. Anouk? <laughs> um, for me it's not, not sure yet, <laughs> so I don't want to give any answer to that. <laughs> Awesome to hear from them. We just hope that they keep going towards Paris and uh, you never know, they could easily go higher up the podium if they stay together with the physicality that they have and what they're building uh, under floppy is, is unreal. Should we, Matt, should we talk a, a little bit about some indoor? Yes, yeah. We got, we got very beachy. We, we did, we went beachy. Let's go in again. So indoor, main statement of fact here is again an all-European men's final and fantastic for the sport fantastic for europe and it was one of those that our aim was clearly european gold medal our second aim was european silver medal which way around which team we didn't actually mind from the sake of the side of the cv um, but from a fan's perspective i think they got exactly what they're after i mean fantastic match yeah i mean it was a it was a hum humdinger but as i said it france really uh crescendoed their way to um olympic gold they, they didn't find their form early on and speaking to a couple of them and they're like we really have to fight we have to find our rhythm um it wasn't quite there but boy when they found it Engerpeth uh, for Cleveno was great Brizard played a lot of the game um and they're forced to be reckoned with on their day France if you catch them and I think that's what we saw yeah yeah like, like we said at the top of the podcast the the, the ability to to reach the same level time after time and sometimes even improve it set on set um, yeah, I mean, Enkapeth has, has kind of lived for that moment, hasn't he? You could really tell there's a bit of relief, a bit of weight off his shoulders there because he's delivered on the biggest stage. Um, got the MVP award. Others could have won it quite easily. Petri was great. Cleveno, like you said, came, yeah, I mean, the, the Road to Tokyo qualifiers, he wasn't always starting, but here, one of the main point scorers. So the strength and depth is quite impressive considering the players that went in Tokyo. Yeah, I think they had... I don't have the stats at all of my head, although I have it in my notes because I, I covered them six, six remainers from the previous Olympics, and they, they almost didn't qualify um, in Berlin, did they? they? They had a struggle to even get there, um, and they they came back from two 0 down, if I remember, to actually qualify. Yeah, um, led by led by Brizard, and and yeah, going into the Olympics, one of the main questions was, you know, how much of a role is Brizard going to play? But it seemed like whenever he was he was on court. You know, he brought a few things extra on top of the top-class setting, but the kind of serving, blocking, and, and general controlling of the of the game was was impressive. So, yeah, he he's Dave's man crush, op openly declared as Dave's man crush uh, in a volleyball sense. So, uh, yeah, I'm sure we're going to try and set something up uh, with Brizard at some point in the future. Amazing, and for sure, it's um it's a fitting end for Lauren Tilly. Um, who's who's led the French through this golden generation? Is I call it a golden generation. I, I don't know if it actually is. Um, but, <laughs> well, but it is this now. Is, they've, they've won gold. Oh, golden but, generation. There you but go. Eight, but eighth was eighth was their best result um, in the Olympics. That was last time out in Rio. Uh, they didn't want to do that again. They've they've gone the whole way, but they've gone through a good performance in the World Championships a few years ago. World League. They've started to win World Leagues and and strong in VNL. Um, Engerpeth, uh, Tony Uti, uh, LaRue, even way back in Ruzier, the opposite, who doesn't play anymore, was phenomenal. So it's sort of, it takes a village. And I, I feel like Laurent Tilly's overseen that, that village and the village has gone on to win a gold medal. And that's, that's pretty cool. Um, he's going to be replaced by Bernardino, who's arguably the best coach that's ever walked the planet. So, I mean, France aren't going to get any worse um, towards that home Olympics either. No, no. Uh, yeah, this is the, it does feel like the end of an era because the coach is changing, but I'm sure if you ask the players, you know, this is the start for them. A lot of them will still be saying, yeah, no, we've achieved that. Yes. But the next one's in Paris. It's only three years away. So yeah, it, it will be interesting first to see their performances at Eurovolley coming up to see, you know, to see 
if they're able to kind of reach any of those heights, you know, immediately after, because it's quite natural for there to be a bit of a dip. Um, but for sure, they'll be looking to peak again in Paris. And surely now must be one of the favourites um, for, for Paris. Yeah. I'm, I'm really interested to see how Eurovolley pans out because some teams didn't make the Olympics and Europe is so strong in, in volleyball that Serbia could, could come good at, at Eurovolley because they've had an extra rest period and some time off and they can yeah. rebuild again. Or just because France won that last one, it, I think it's so open that Serbia could have taken that spot to the games in front of France that... Who, yeah, who knows? Italy could, yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter, does it? Like, it's so open every single time. And it's so interesting because usually, obviously, we don't get an Olympics and a Euro volley in the same year. That This is, you know, I mean, maybe in, in history, there was a time when that was the, the, the kind of cycle. But in modern times, you know, it's always one leading event each year, whether that's Olympics, World Championships or FIVB, and then the Euro volley slots in between those. So yeah, it's going to be interesting for the teams. A lot of them obviously won't know what to expect, but there's a big advantage, I think, for those that didn't go to the games when it comes to Eurovolley. Um, yeah. they, they have had a better preparation. They'll have been able to plan things a little bit more in detail. Um, so yeah, the excitement excited. And, and you'll be there, won't you, Louis? You'll be, you'll be I, joining us for the finals. So I will be there. I'm, I'm uh, very excited to, to come back to Eurovolley for my third edition. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, good. it's going to be excellent. We've actually got some of these French Olympic gold medalists ready to speak to us, haven't we? Yeah, I mean, well, good to bring it up. Casual, casually brought in there that we've got an exclusive interview now uh, with some of the, the leading lights from the French side. Yeah, so, with our man Dan. Yep, Dan Manili. Um, yeah, Dan Manili, our man Dan, with Yassine Louetti, Barthélemy Chiniesi, and uh, Mr. Blizzard himself. So first of all, congratulations, an Olympic gold medal for France. Um, incredible journey you guys uh, took to get here. So I'm going to talk a little bit about that today. Uh, first thing, though, the game against Russia, what were the emotions going through when you guys got match point and won the gold medal? Oh. Uh, I don't know. I didn't have emotions. I think I tried to <laughs> don't have so much. I was a bit nervous, but yeah, I, I tried to stay focused and... I was just scared that they took the challenge for net touch or something. Yeah. And I didn't think about it. I was sure the ball was out. Uh, they told me they didn't touch the ball in the, in the block. Then I, I didn't think about the net touch. So when I saw it, I was, oh, okay. Then it was done. And... Nice. So you guys start off 2-0. Russia takes the next two sets, then up 3-0 in the tiebreak. Uh, was there any a bit of sense of nervousness or... Um, fear at that point in the match? Uh, <laughs> nervousness, yes. Fear, I don't think so. Not fear, but it was, of course, it was, it was, we were nervous because when you're winning 2-0, you've got opportunities to finish the game in the third set. And then you start the, the fifth set 3-0 three, three for them. Uh, of course, you get nervous because I don't say it was supposed to be a, an easy game. We knew it was going to be tough. But to start like this, uh, it's hard. But then we didn't stop. We kept fighting and we just kept on going. And in the end, it just worked out. And, and Bartholomew, for you, a dream team nomination. How, how did that feel, getting that uh, award? <laughs> uh, I, I didn't know about it. Just I think only two hours after the game. And it's just, I don't know. For me, it's unbelievable. It's crazy. I couldn't believe it. It's just a, it's a team game. So for me, it's, I need to thank everyone. And uh, I think we all won this one because uh, as a middle, you have, you have to be helped from the setter. You have to block and it's thanks to the other guys too. And when I'm blocking and the guys behind just are there on defense, it's uh, thanks to them. So it's just, uh, yeah, for me, it's unbelievable. And uh, I just want to thank uh, every, every team player. And well-deserved. So just even getting to the Olympics for you guys, let alone winning the gold, was not the easiest path. Uh, starting all the way back in 2019 uh, with the Olympic qualifying tournament uh, in Poland, uh, losing to Poland, 3-0, uh, unfortunately, uh, not getting through that way. What were, what were your feelings about that tournament? Um, yeah, it was tough. It was super tough. We were not even close to winning against Poland there. They just destroyed us. And it was a yeah, it was something 
big and we tried to think what was wrong on the team, what was wrong on the on the on the practices. Um, and it was kind of I don't know helpful also for the team this kind of, of losses. Then we had a good uh, European Championships and yeah we, we came back stronger on the on the second uh, qualifier. So well, yeah, you guys had the Tokyo or the uh, European Olympic qualifier, which as maybe not everyone knows this, but Europe is is by far the most difficult. A region to qualify from. You had to beat a ton of tough teams uh, in that tournament, including a five-setter against Slovenia in the semifinals and then beating Germany in the finals. Uh, can you tell us a bit about that tournament as well? Yeah, that, yes, uh, that was really difficult when we think about it and we used to say that like also these last two weeks from where we, we come from. It was really long travel, really long trip and and uh, also look like this uh, Olympics. We didn't take the, the easiest way, but just we came here and we played our like our city. And so it was crazy. These games, we were losing 2-0 against uh, Slovenia, you said. And, and we came back. We don't even know how, but just came <laughs> and we started to play. And, and uh, it was a difficult tournament with uh, key players missing. and. And then it uh, gave me opportunity to players like I, I played a lot of sound when I started to play a lot of tournament, and uh, especially with Jean Patry, uh, who shined. Uh, like he played, he was MVP of the tournament this, uh, at this moment, and now he's really, really important in the team. So that was great. Uh, awesome. And so, would you guys say, in hindsight, this kind of longer journey to qualify for the Olympics was part of the reason? why you guys were able to win the whole thing. Yeah, I think it, uh, it's part of, uh, of winning. Uh, like uh, Antoine said, the first uh, Olympic qualifier we lost, we didn't even have a chance against Poland. Then it was really tough to qualify uh, in the second, uh, the second round. Um, but yeah, for me, it's just part of it. It's what makes us stronger today. And we know even if we're losing 2-0 or even if we're losing, we just have to try and take our chances and not stop until until the last point. And that's what we did every game after, I think after Argentina, we lost in, uh, in the group stage. We just try to have fun on the court, give everything and just see what happened and uh, just worked out every, every single game, game uh, after this. Yeah, well, because your reward for qualifying through Europe was to be in the group of death with Russia, uh, Brazil, Argentina, USA, Tunisia. Not easy. And then a tough loss to the U.S. on your first game. Was there anything you guys changed in your game plan against those games against U.S. and Argentina? I think we didn't have a chance against the U.S. It was really, they played, they played amazing. Yeah, they just had an amazing they, crazy they, game. Yeah, they played the best game of the tournament for them, for sure, against us. So if they play like this, I think every game they is they would be with yeah they, with, with this they would have, <laughs> for sure because they had just a crazy level on, on this game. Then after this, it was like okay, we have to beat Tunisia. We we did it, and uh, after it's just history. I want to say, yeah, so, yeah. We were, I think everyone was was just surprised by the level of Argentina. We knew that it was a good team with good, really good players, but they just played a crazy tournament and they they came back from so far or so when we, we won against Russia. We were okay, now it's going to be really tough for them to play um, this game against USA to go to quarterfinals. And they did it 3-0 and then like they were so su surprising and at the end, yeah, yeah, bronze medals. Was there ever a point in the tournament where you were like, okay, this is actually happening? We're like in the playoffs, okay, we're in the quarterfinals, oh, we're in the semifinals. There's actually a chance that, you know, we could bring France the, the first Olympic vo uh, volleyball medal? Yes, you, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> um, after after uh, when we won, Against Russia, then we 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 played a, a great game like the level we didn't play before, and it 
was like the start of everything, I think. And also, when we saw Tunisia winning two sets uh, against Argentina, Argentina then uh, it was uh, then it was uh, like mixing the points in the, in the group, and that was the beginning of uh, of uh, everything. Then we just say, okay, guys, now we have to play our chance, and we we just started to, to play the tournament a little bit. And it, it, it was kind of a joke for us to say before every game, we were like, okay, guys, this game we lose 3-0 for sure. Like, we will, we will just go out of this tournament and go back home and that's it. No chance that we win this game. And we, we said that before. <laughs> it was kind of a joke. We knew it. But we, we will try to do our best and to win every game. But I don't know. It was to try to be on the skin of the not favorite one. So that's it. Yeah. All right, and last question for you guys here before I let you go. How close is this team? Because that's the impression I get, and I think a lot of other people get, is that the team is uh, really close. There's good camaraderie. You guys get along well. Obviously, you spent all of VNL together, basically in the same hotel uh, together, and now training for the Olympics and now the Olympics. And over the past few years as well, it's been a lot of the same players. Um, so what can you say about the, the camaraderie of Team France? Um, I think it's just amazing. People, I think, don't realize how close we are to, to each other, how we appreciate each other. Uh, some of the guys have been playing together for more than 10 years. So it's, I want to say it's nearly more than friendship. It's sometimes they've been playing with each other every summer. They've seen each other more than they've seen their families. So, yeah, it's like kind of a little family and we're just really close. We enjoy each other. We just uh, love to be with each other. We can be, like you said, uh, at the VNL one month in a hotel all together. And even uh, the last week or the last day, we were we were just happy to be here and all together because uh, we just have a, a great uh, friendship. And then, and then you brought three jerseys as well uh, to show and the. Um, when you guys won the medal as well. Can you guys talk about uh, Thibaut Rossard, Kevin LaRue, and uh, Julian Lineal, three players who've been through the journey, um, but we're not, unfortunately, not able to make it. Did you guys plan that ahead of time? Yeah, I think we, they were, they're, 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 they're part of the, of the big family of, of the team. They've been there for so, so long. And uh, because of some uh, injuries, they couldn't, they couldn't get into into the team, and we just thought about we have our thoughts with them. Uh, and when we knew we were going to have a medal after the semi-final, we just thought, okay, it's thanks to us, uh, thanks to them, we're here. They helped us. <coughs> Sorry. No, no and, worries. Uh, <laughs> It's a tough night. Yeah, <laughs> I can imagine. I can imagine. Like they, they're part of the of the trip we made uh, since a few years ago. So they're all part of this. We're here thanks to them, and uh, this medal is also theirs. So we just wanna we wanted to thank them and uh, just uh, give our thoughts to them. And they would deserve hundred percent to be here also. Yeah. So. That's why we had to show them and to show them also that they, they belong to the team and, and we needed them before and still now. So. Well, it's so tough to the roster cuts to 12 from 14. But anyway, guys, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to uh, talk to us today. Uh, really appreciate it. Uh, you guys provided some of the best volleyball I've watched ever during this tournament. So thank you for that and uh, enjoy the celebrations. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. Bye-bye to you. Thank you. Bye. So great to hear from those guys. And yeah, just to give a bit, a bit of a background here, Louis. So that was recorded very early on Sunday morning, bearing in mind, obviously, Saturday was the Olympic gold medal match. Um, we'd spoken with uh, our contact in the French team, Caroline, great, always supportive of CV activities. Um, yeah, and she managed to get us those three. We we didn't, to be honest, know who was joining. We just knew it would be some from the team. Didn't even know whether it would be, you know, Lauren Tilly or players. Um, so when it kind of popped up with the three players, Dan and I were like, oh, oh, great, great. This is awesome. Um, were, they, were, they, were they drunk? I, there was a reference at the start to the fact that 
it had been a late night and they hadn't been awake that early. And bearing in mind, this was, I believe, four in the afternoon, to, uh, Tokyo time. So, um, yeah, they were, it was just before the closing ceremony. We had a good 15 minutes with them. Um, yeah, Dan, Dan kind of recorded the slot because we're going to use it on the European Volleyball Show as well. Um, but yeah, it was great to hear from them and, and straight from the village, straight from uh, or the day after the night before. I've heard that France uh, celebrate well. Let's put it that way. They're very good <laughs> at celebrating success. Uh, As so should anyone be. Good know. on them. Good on them. And, and it was great to talk with them about not only the games, but also, you know, how they got to the games. That, that was a big part of their story, as we've, as we've talked about here. So, yeah, thanks, Dan, for, for doing that. I know he thoroughly enjoyed it. Very a proud moment for, for him and, and myself to be like this exclusive viewer of this, you know, probably first interview in English uh, post, post gold medal. That's awesome. Good work. Good work, fellas. Yeah, exact- we couldn't use it before, though. Just for anyone's complaining, we couldn't use it before because the, the IOC has a ban on any video interviews until today. Hence this going out now. Wow. There you go. Fresh, fresh off the press <laughs> with, with, with you guys. That's amazing. Um, and I just think that the celebrations are still going on from my Instagram in Paris at the moment. I've just seen them outside the Eiffel Tower, partying away, like, good on them. They should um, enjoy every second of it. There's a big thing at the moment, isn't there? I mean, if you look at French team sport performances, I mean, it's, it's not just volleyball here that we're talking about. On the same day, they reached the final in, I think, three different team sports, won multiple golds. So, yeah, France at the moment has a lot to celebrate in terms of team sports. Um, yeah, and good on them, good on them. That's awesome. And finally, the women. Um, we're going to talk about the success of Serbia taking the bronze. Um, another fantastic performance from them. It's another medal for, I think we're, we're talking about golden generations here. Uh, for Serbia, this is a real golden generation for them. Yes, yeah. And, and in that women's field, you know, we, when we talked before the event, we were talking about potentially six or seven teams could medal, maybe five or six could top the podium. So bronze is a big achievement. I mean, yes, you know, some in Serbia, maybe, you know, even some around the world would have maybe thought Serbia, sh- you know, should be aiming a bit higher. But you could see from that bronze medal match how much it meant. You could see, you know, when you look at the teams who finished fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh and lower, it- it's still a great achievement and, and good on Serbia. Um, to Always to come back from losing a semi-final and have to play a match for a medal, I think is a big thing. And it also shows a lot about a team. Um, I've seen plenty of teams. English football, as an example, that always seems to struggle in the in the third, fourth yeah, place yeah. playoffs. Um, so yeah, to go back because yeah, at the end of the day, you finish a competition by winning a match, winning a medal, and, and that's kind of what you set out to do. So yeah, great. And and Serbia have obviously been top of their game for some time, and very yeah. much not. They wouldn't say they're anywhere near the end of their golden generation period. You know, the, the players coming through. This hopefully will be. You know, just a little blip in terms of of topping podiums. Um, well, I did read something. Maybe maybe you've uh, followed it a little bit more that the likes of Milena Rasic might be stepping away from international volleyball now, and we just hope that anyone who, yeah, has left, um, yeah, has got everything they wanted out out of it. Um, yeah, Olga Genovic, I hope continues, and obviously Boscovic is still there. There's only three years till Paris, guys. All right, there's only yeah. three years, <laughs> not four. Yes. You yeah. can hang on. You can do it again. Stay yeah. in the sport. Um, I think it's natural, you know, when you think about it, if I was a top athlete, I'd always want to go out at the top. That doesn't necessarily mean winning, but that means, you know, the, the top in terms of competitions. Um, you know, and we've seen it across both genders, players, you know, announcing their retirement for international volleyball. Some may come back. We've, we've, we have evidence that that is also possible. Um, but yeah, the, the way of going out, it's got to be on your own terms when it, when it feels right. So, yeah, thanks. Thanks to everyone that has given us all those memories and yeah whatever happens i'm sure you'll stay in the in the volleyball family and from a media point of view i get excited because it means they're more available for media activities so yeah, absolutely who knows get what into we can the arrange box. yeah exactly who knows what we can arrange with some of these these athletes that are stepping back from their playing years yeah absolutely um also from the press conferences from the olympic games we have the serbian girls ready to give us some quotes and some magic let's hear from them um, coach Mr. Zoran Terzic, Captain Maya Ognebic, Andrea Tiana Boscovic. Hello, everybody. First of all, I would like to say that I'm really very, very happy and very satisfied about my team and how we play. 
about bronze medal because we had a lot of problems be before and during this competition with the team, but definitely I am very, very proud about my team, about my players, and they did a very, very good job, extremely good job. So one more time, I am very happy and when I lead this team and very proud and I have those players. Thank you. No. I think the, the, best, uh, the best match we played in this tournament uh, for sure was the quarter-final match against Italy because we showed really our best, uh, best volleyball in, uh, in these uh, Olympic uh, Games and we showed that really we are on the, on the, on the top level. And, uh, of course, that we are going back uh, home full of uh, emotions because before we came here also we had six, seven days that we came in Japan a little bit earlier. So it's really long period that we are here, about 25 days. So we cannot wait to, to be back uh, home and to celebrate with our family, friends and all the people who are waiting for us. Uh, for me, it's a huge honor to play for the national team and represent our country. So it doesn't matter if it's Olympics or European Championship, World Championship. I'm always trying to do my best to, to show good performance and to help my team win. This is the most important. I also will say that I'm really happy and proud that we brought one more medal to Serbian volleyball and to Serbian Olympic team. Uh, we really had big motivation to, to win today and win this bronze medal and go home with the medal. Uh, I'm proud of the way we played. We were really strong today. All players showed great performance. And that's all. We are going home happy. Tell me a little bit about this commentary like then, Louis. So, you know, if, when people hear your voice, they, they obviously have no real idea of what goes on behind the scenes. Can you maybe go into it? Because I know with the women, she did quite a few of those latter stage matches. Yeah. Um, I was surprised to hear um, back in 2012 that the commentators are not even in the venue. I mean, a lot of listeners wouldn't probably even know that. Um, how does it champagne work? Lifestyle, <laughs> <laughs> champagne lifestyle, man. Champagne, bargoire. Um, they, they fly you to Tokyo and put you in a box. That would be the interpretation. Yeah, so there's, there's, there's around, I don't know, 80 to 100 commentators. That's a bit of a rash that's a bit of a rash uh, estimate, to be honest, um, covering lots of different sports. So it, it works to have everybody quite close together. Uh, we're covering a range of different sports. So I was doing a bit of skateboarding. I covered a bit of indoor um, and I covered uh, a lot of beach. So in, in theory, it's sort of keeping everything controllable um, just in case something happens, especially in COVID times, um, extra safety as well. So it, it was... Yeah, we, we were pretty much all sharing an office. So there were some very good commentators, some very good broadcasters. It was great. You could learn from each other. You could talk to each other. It was just, it was very different. Yes, it's nice to be a venue um, for the big ones, but but it was a completely different um, experience, really. Long, like long and yeah, great. Um, but it's taken a few days to recover. That's that's, that's for sure as well. But in, in hindsight, a wonderful experience to just watch high level high level volleyball and also be around some really good broadcasters. Yeah, there, there was quite a few over there from Europe as well, wasn't there? I know that you were working with Clayton, who's done quite a lot of our, our volleyball coverage. Dave was also there. Did you see Dave's Instagram post, by the way? He took out, he started his own series. <laughs> yeah, be... A bit like James Corden with the carpool karaoke. Yeah, eating dodgy snacks. Yeah, so if anyone wants a bit of a laugh, go to Dave's Instagram and check out his reaction to eating a variety of, of Japanese yes. cuisine. Um, yeah, I won't go into it anymore. There were some... Nicer than others, if you could read his reactions. Yeah, absolutely. And then Mark, Mark Perkins was the fourth, and Jonathan Ledgard covered a lot of, of volleyball as well. So it's very, very good. But yeah. definitely check out Dave's page. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I just watch it in, as I do watch Dave, just with a smile on my face. Yeah. Did you manage to have any uh, interesting food choices while you're there, or did you stay fairly safe? I've got some here, actually. Oh, are you going to do one live now on the Thank podcast? You. Or is this one that you know that you uh, like, I've that already, been, already been smashing them, to be honest. Um, <laughs> Tokyo banana. Oh, Just lovely. Like a little, little cake banana. It's all right. It's nothing too rash, but it's, it was all right. That is that is slightly more mainstream than yeah, some of the stuff Dave was trying. It's, it's more of a gift I've, I've ended up tucking into. <laughs> <laughs> 
there we have it. I mean, I have one last shout out for Pablo Herrera. Um, maybe my <laughs> beach vice going to Olympics number five for Pablo Herrera, which is matching Emmanuel Rigo's five Olympic games. That's my last shout. As we're talking about legendary Olympians, um, going to your fifth, uh, equaling the record is 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 my my final word. Um, and Paris could be sixth. Is that possible? Has he he's not said anything about stopping? I'm going to find out this this week at Euro Volley. I'm going to okay. go and pester him and see if he's going again. But I, I wouldn't put it past him because he's 39. So for sure, he, he can still go at 42. Not much um, difference between 39 and 42, is there? Jake Gibb was 45 this this time around. Um, Dalhousie Lucena were both in their 40s. Amal we need, we need to cut 42. out that clip of you saying it's only three years and then you can give it to him as his <laughs> ringtone. <laughs> yes, keep going. We won another Olympics out of him. Um, but there's yeah, there's there's some legends out there. Um, and I think that that should never go amiss for the, the commitment and the uh, hard work it goes into making five or making three or making four Olympic Games. Lara Ludwig, fourth Olympics, and yeah, pretty, pretty special stuff. All right, Louis, before we go, we've got one more thing, and that is to do a bit of a preview on Euro Beach Volley. So Today is Wednesday. Uh, when do you fly? What, what are your plans? What are your expectations for the tournament? COVID test depending. <laughs> Friday. Okay. Um, but I've had I've had more COVID tests than I've had hot dinners. Um, I can in, imagine. In last week. Uh, Euro volley. Okay. It's a big one. Um, and there's a few changes to the draw. But on the men's side of things, um, we talk about Molsoren, again, from Norway. They've won three in a row. Uh, they're the youngest team to ever win three in a row, just like they, the youngest ever gold medalist um, from the Olympic Games. Um, but they're looking to be the first team to win four in a row. Ryan Numador and uh, Richard Schwal won in 08, 09, and 2010. Nikolai Lupov won three in 14, 16, 17, so not three in a row. The Lassiger brothers from Switzerland, 98 to 2001, they won three in a row. Um, so they're looking to become the first ever to to win four in a row, which would be pretty special for them. Um, we've got Herrera Guevara. They won in 2013. We've obviously still got Nikolai Lupo in the draw, three-time winners and one of the best European teams we've ever seen. Olympics silver medalists were close to going the whole way again this time. Um, some of the Smedins didn't play at the Olympics, so they're a little bit fresher. Uh, they've got some good results. Um, domest sorry, domestically? That's not domestically, playing on the World Tour, is it? <laughs> um, <laughs> domestically on the World Tour, is that a thing? Um, they've been doing very well. Um, fifth places, they just missed out on the games. Uh, and I want to pay some tributes to Bermans de Glue um, from the Netherlands. They, they won the last World Tour event in Gestad. Um, and they're a, a very, very fast improving uh, Dutch team who have been phenomenal this year and they could go very far. Uh, Poland, also very good. Kantor Wojciak, um, Michal Brill and uh, Fielek. Um, Perisic final, obviously we're unlucky with um, the COVID situation at the Olympic Games. I guess I can talk about that a little bit more freely here. Um, gutted for them that they came out and actually beat Latvia, who took a fourth place. They just fell at the final, final hurdle and it came down to points difference for them having to forfeit their opening game. Um, when it comes down to points difference, they're not going to qualify. Um, and then we have the likes of Christian Varenhorst uh, and Van der Velde from Netherlands as well. So it's open, it's huge, it, it could go anywhere. I hope I haven't missed anyone out. Klasilna uh, Kostolinovski, haven't I missed them out? They Again, the RAC have never won a men's European Championships. So... That's another first that could happen. Let's just, fun. let's just talk a second about freshness, because you know, the, the big thing here for me is those at the Games versus those not at the Games, especially considering some of the teams that didn't go to Tokyo. But Molsorum and, and the team from The Rock, uh, how much time is there between that Olympic final and starting Euro Beach Volley? We're talking like three days, right? Three or four days. Uh, yeah, maybe less. They finished on Saturday. Um... And matches start today, so... I mean, I'm hoping their matches are early in the day because otherwise the jet lag could kick in if they've got to play some night matches. Yeah, absolutely. And, and also just, I'm tired. I've been, <laughs> like, I'm not the definition of any sort of athlete. Um, but I'm struggling at times to, to sleep. Um, I'm just feeling a bit groggy. So for them, it must be, must be the same. And I mean, they, they have done this. They've won three World Tour events um, in three different continents three weeks in a row. Which, okay. I, which, I, which I think is yeah. an amazing achievement. Um, but I wonder if anyone else was in the same situation then, which I'm sure they were. So in theory, 
you've got to be looking at some of the fresh guys coming through and, and doing a good job, haven't you? The likes of Baron Horse van der Velde, Bermans de Glut, um, or the Latvians, teams, the Latvians the Swerves, or, yeah. or maybe teams that, um, yeah, like Klatiga or maybe teams that got pinged out at the Olympics a little bit sooner, who have had a bit more time to um, adjust. Because it's always a balance in my eyes. Like the teams that went to the Olympics would have benefit of being at the Olympics, like the competitive edge. Um, being a bit more competitive is also going to help you. If you've not been playing for three or four weeks, you've got to find your rhythm. So I, I don't know. The only thing I know is that I don't, the more I understand, the less I know. So I'm going to go with that. Um, in the women's, um, I mean, there's a couple of teams that pulled out. Am I correct, Matt? Yeah, that is. So it's obviously an evolving situation. Um, teams come out of the games in, in different places, different mindsets. Um, some some need a break. Some are told they need to break. Um, so yeah, we, we've had a few withdrawals. Update is always on the website. Um, yeah, the the disappointing to lose some of the bigger names, bigger teams, but it's it's understandable in a year when you've got so much and there's such little time between the the Olympics and, and Euro Beach Volley. So yeah, just time for maybe someone else to to take the stage to go back to our olympic uh, olympic hashtag yeah absolutely i mean the last two euro beach volley champs have made the last four of the olympic games so it shows that it's a really good breeding ground uh, the european champs or euro beach volley uh, towards the olympics um but there is no joanna hydrick and, and nick Verger dupree if that's if that's correct correct um, yeah again they they wouldn't have left um japan till late and it would have been a tough turnaround. So it's, it's disappointing that they won't be there to defend their crown. Um, it looks like Tina Gladina and Anastasia Klavchenica are already there looking at Instagram, <laughs> um, which, which surely shows they're going to be playing, which is which is great. They're doing some, they're playing some great volleyball. They've made two final fours on the world tour before the Olympics. They made a final four at the Olympics. So they're just getting better and better. Uh, Gladina's had a fantastic year at USC as well, where she's absolutely wiped the floor of everything. Uh, Beshart Hubley is still there. They took a silver medal uh, in 2018 in The Hague. They're playing good ball. We've already spoke about them on this podcast. Um, we also have um, Marky, uh, sorry, Marky Slokova hasn't gone. Barbara Hermanova is playing with uh, the youngster. Um, I think Marie Sarah, uh, sorry if I butcher this name, Stotschlova. Um I didn't have time. Sounds to, Czech to me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, who won? Who won the? Who won the one star um, uh, on the FIVB? Uh, world tour yep. last week so it's a big step up for her to play with with Barbara now the likes of Bar uh, sorry Borga Suda are there Kaiser Meppelink won this competition in 2018 uh, they would be potentially a bit disappointed with their Olympic campaign but they could easily go out and go far in this one you can't go much further than Russia although Maklo Gazova hasn't gone so uh, Debiche is playing with Holomina um, there's also some strength while well, Ludwig Kojic have now pulled out um, Ludwig obviously a four-time winner of this competition um, so she's going to be sorely missed. Um, but then on the, the flip side, Senior Tillman took a silver in this competition last year, now playing with Chantal uh, Labra, who took a medal uh, in 2017. Um, so they're now teamed up together. They could have a good run. They didn't go to the Olympics, but they could be there or thereabouts. It's, it's really open. But we know that about, about the female side of beach volleyball. Like, it, it really is. Uh, it could go one of many ways. Um, so it's going to be a great competition, I think. Um, I'm super pumped to be covering it um vienna as well yeah i mean big place for beach volleyball vienna so yeah I think it's, to one be of, there. it's one of the most iconic spots in world beach volleyball for sure and the photos um, coming out of the venue are just stunning i mean obviously it's it's a covid safe venue so it's not the traditional grandstands but yeah it, it looks looks great a bit like the king of the court concept um yeah. and everything is is available on our platforms um early rounds youtube later rounds euro volley tv as always you can get the latest scores on the website and, and social channels so yeah uh, get involved if you want more beach volleyball the olympics wasn't enough and we know that you know the olympics is never everything is it it's just the pinnacle there's loads of other stuff around it yeah and one thing it shows us is that like it is about winning a gold medal but it also shows that it's far bigger than the olympics yeah. like, and and people's contribution to the sport goes a lot bigger than just the olympic games so yeah looking forward to seeing some of these guys yeah rock back out and uh crush it um in vienna and i'm pretty psyched to have uh yeah to have a bit of Euro beach volley on my calendar. Uh, I, I can't wait. I love Vienna. I love the competition. I'm buzzing to be there. And only a few COVID tests to go. So far, so so far, so good, mate. <laughs> um, <laughs> so there we have it. Then, then we have, uh, 
yeah, Euro volley coming up. We have so much good volleyball before the season then starts, and then it's all back to Champions League, and it's all going crazy again. And it's just a yep. continuum of, of high level, high level volleyball. Yeah, it's take one big breath after the Olympics. Now got Euro beach volley on the doorstep, and Euro volley is just around the corner. So exciting times for for anyone following volleyball. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you very much um, for joining us. Um, here on the A space. It's been great to be back, actually. It's been fantastic to work with you, Matt. It's great to uh, keep keep Dave. Remember, go on Dave's social media. Make sure you check out him uh, <laughs> munching some snacks. That's pretty entertaining. Um, and then please make sure you just keep an eye on everything on the social. Uh, make sure that you're watching Euro Beach Volley. Anything that people need to hashtag, Matt. Let Volleyball Talk is the hashtag for anything to do with the podcast. Um, but yeah, the, the main one to look for at the moment is hashtag Euro Beach Volley, because that is where you'll find everything from Vienna. Amazing. You know where to find us. We hope to see you there. Thank you very much uh, for listening. Uh, and we will be back very, very soon. Bye. 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 Makes it sound like there's four people on the yeah, podcast. Absolutely. <laughs> Hey, it's Amanda Fabris here. Make sure you look out for every volley coming latest this year and cheer us along. It's going to be amazing climax to a volleyball packed summer.